Good morning and welcome to Daily Devotions this morning. It's wonderful to be here with you. My name is Madela. I'm on team here at Father's House. And thank you for joining us this morning as we carry on through the journey through 1 Corinthians. And this morning we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Now it's quite an interesting chapter. It's a little bit of a different one. It's about food being sacrificed to idols. And we're going to take a look through the passage. It's not a very long chapter. And I want to pick out three key areas that I think really show wisdom that we can apply to our own lives and our own set of circumstances, even today, as you carry on with your day, whether you're going to work or working from home or whatever you are doing today, that you will be able to be encouraged um, through this. So let's take a look. Um, This is basically asking the question, should Christians eat the food that have been sacrificed to idols. So people would come and and bring food and they would be sacrificed to uh, the respective idols. And the question is now, are Christians allowed to eat that food that is lying there? So we start in the New Living Translation, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. Now regarding your question about food that has been offered to idols. Yes, we know that we all have knowledge about this issue. And he puts it in inverted commas, we all have knowledge, Uh, a little bit tongue-in-cheek there. But while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. We're jumping to verse 4. So what about eating meat that has been offered to idols? Well, we all know that an idol is not really a god and that there is only one god. Verse 7 says... However, not all believers know this. Some are accustomed to thinking of idols as being real. So when they eat food that have been offered to idols, they think of it as the worship of real gods and their weak consciousness are violated. It's true that we can't win God's approval by what we eat. We don't lose anything if we don't eat it. And we don't gain anything if we do. But you must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. In verse 13. So if what I eat causes another believer to sin, I will never eat meat again as long as I live. Very dramatic. For I don't want to cause another believer to stumble. So to sum it up, uh, Paul's basically saying, well... We know that this food has been sacrificed to idols. Uh, We're aware that idols um, are not real gods, that we only have one true God. And so there's no power in that food being offered to idols. But be careful to eat it because others might not believe or um, understand it the way that you do. And that could cause a problem for them. So the first part that I want to point out in this passage that I thought was very interesting is that it says... While knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. It's that love and knowledge. Yes, we need both. We need knowledge and we need love. But you might find yourself in circumstances where you might have knowledge about something. But in that exact moment, you spewing all your knowledge about um, a certain topic or about someone's behavior or giving advice in those circumstances 
is not as important as actually showing someone love in those instances. Maybe someone will come to you uh, and they have maybe made a poor life choice or um, they, yeah, they took a, a wrong path and circumstances have now forced their hand and they're, they're in a tricky situation. They're coming to you for, for encouragement, for hope, for advice. You telling them what they should have done or maybe what they should do in that moment is not necessarily what they need to hear. Yes, if they're coming for advice, please tell, tell me you know, what you think I should do. Fair enough. But our first reaction sometimes just needs to love them, just to love them, to encourage them, to strengthen them in love because that builds them up. And then to, we can further then share our knowledge as we, get, as we carry on. But to first love them in that instance is sometimes more important than sharing the knowledge that we all have. Especially, um, as Paul says, we all have knowledge. And sometimes um, our knowledge is not always sound. Sometimes it comes from our own opinions. It's not always biblical. And so it's better to show them love in that instance. The second part that really stood out for me was uh, it's just such a, a freeing concept, something I absolutely love about the gospel is that freedom. It says, it's true that we can't win God's approval. That's in verse eight. It's true that we can't win God's approval by what we eat. We don't lose anything if we don't eat it. And we don't gain anything if we do. It's that neutral, neutral territory where, well, you can eat the food, it won't do any harm. But if you don't eat the food, it also won't do any harm. It's that sense of, of freedom of the gospel and God's grace and who he is, is so much bigger than this little small concept of should I eat the food that has been given to the idols or not. That God's grace extends over all of these things so richly that we can walk in a freedom that this food will not have any bearing on our salvation. It won't change our relationship with him because of how amazing and incredible he is. And that bond that we have with him is so incredible that this food will not touch that. It's in a wonderful freedom that we can walk in. However, and this brings me to the third point out of this passage that I want to take you to. It's right at verse nine. But you must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. You must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. That places freedom in an interesting position where freedom is always positive, but that in this frame, it can actually be a negative. We can use our freedom and our understanding for good, or it can actually, it can actually become a stumbling block for others. It brings me to a point of, um, makes me think of what Lloyd said in Daily Devotional with 1 Corinthians chapter 6, that uh, you know, everything can be permissible, or some things are permissible, but they're not necessarily beneficial. You can do them, but should you do them? Will it be beneficial for you? That's kind of this question that freedom asks. But this passage takes it even a step further from not only will it be beneficial to you, but it might not affect you, but it might not be beneficial for others, for your friend. It might actually be best for you not to do this, not because it will affect you in any sense, but because it will affect them. And that's where that sense of responsibility and love for our neighbor comes in, where yes, the freedom allows us to do this, but would it be good for your neighbor? 
would it be good for them? If I have a friend going through something or struggling with something, um, I will not partake in what they're struggling with in front of them because that will lead them to temptation or it might be difficult for them in that moment. It doesn't mean that it, that activity will be uh, negative for me, but it will not be beneficial for them. And so because of that, I am choosing my love over my knowledge of for that moment. And I, I want to encourage you today, uh, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, I really pray that you will have those love encounters with people where you can have the differentiation and the wisdom to know whether this is a knowledge moment or a love moment and to walk in the freedom of what God has given you, but to know also when it's time for you to abstain or stop something or not do something, not because it won't be beneficial to you, but because it will be detrimental to a neighbor. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the freedom that we have in you. We thank you for the wise words of Paul, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can look at a scripture like this and just marvel at the incredible freedom that you have given us, the ultimate gift of salvation, Lord God. And I pray that right now we will all have just such a, a wisdom, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit will provide us with clarity and wisdom to know when it's a knowledge moment and when it's a love moment, Lord God. And also to, to know, Lord Jesus, that when we're in situations, Lord God, that we would not cause someone else to stumble, that it will not affect someone else negatively, Lord God, but to have a wisdom and a, a Holy Spirit guidance to know when that will cause a problem, Lord God. May, us always be, may we always be hope bringers and encouragers wherever we go. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we are able to be your hand, hands and feet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.